Blog Talk Radio. Presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, we're coming off a uh, very strong week uh, for the Post Time with Mike and Mike show, but we had a lot of fun last week at Hoosier Park. Yeah, we certainly did. And first of all, we would like to thank everybody, uh, all the drivers and trainers and horsemen that made time to be with us on Dan Patch Day. And I was back here in the studios. You were live on site. And I'm telling you, uh, you deserve double pay, Mike. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, because you were really doing a job out there. It was tremendous. You had the winner's circle uh, reaction. It was good. It was raw. It was emotional as Wiggle Jiggle across the line first in the Dan Patch. We had a lot of fun, Mike. We're back in the studios today. Tonight, but we want to thank all the horsemen. We want to thank Hoosier Park and Emily Gaskett and everybody involved there for their hospitality. And most of all, we want to thank the listeners because it was our highest rated show yet, had a lot of listenership, and uh, we certainly appreciate every bit of support uh, that we got for the Dan Patch and uh, that we've had so far for the show, uh, quite frankly, Mike. Well, tonight, Mike, we got a star-studded show, if you ask me. We've got Marion Marauders trader Paula Wellwood coming on at 7.05-ish. Paula Wellwood will talk about Marion Marauders' chances coming up in the Colonial this week. Mike, we're also going to talk to Murray Brown from Hanover Shoe Farms. He'll talk about his trip to Ireland in the Vincent Delaney Memorial. Yeah, there was uh, actually a bunch of people went out. I know Roger Houston was out there, and he uh, had a chance for the second straight year to call the Delaney Memorial, and he was uh, posting about it on Facebook. What a a treat for him, and uh, it's great for the United States to have that kind of representation, Mike, to uh, have a race caller, uh, the voice of us racing, Roger Houston, uh, able to go out there and do that. So hats off to all the people. I know Maury Brown went out there. Steve Wolf went out there. Uh, We were talking a little bit about uh, that that, – just a joyous celebration out there the way they uh, do things. And we'll talk a little bit to Murray Brown uh, about maybe who knows about maybe what we can bring to harness racing here in the United States that they have uh, done successfully in Ireland. 
Well, Master Driver Vic Kirby will join the program as well. He's our Spotlight Guest of the Week. He'll be on about 7.30. And then, Mike, it's our favorite segment. We're going to go around the horn to talk about the upcoming Throwdowns car this weekend. Yeah, but we've also got the track announcer there on Gagne and a little bit of a twist to the Running Aces segment. Uh, no interview this week, but a little bit of a twist in that middle segment uh, that I really uh, kind of liked. So you're going to be hearing something a little bit different from the Running Aces segment. can hear all about what's going on out there. Uh, very successful meet so far at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. And Darren Gagne is going to fill in uh, – He's going to talk a little bit about that. But, Mike, before we get into Paula Wellwood, and I know she's going to be coming on here in just a few minutes to talk Marion Marauder, what a joy that must have been for her and the connections of Marion Marauder to get the job done in a thrilling Hamiltonian race. But uh, we've had some thrills today, Mike, or at least uh, I did certainly calling the uh, action at Harris, Philadelphia. We had three Pennsylvania sire stakes for uh, two-year-old uh, Colton Gelding uh, Pacers. And yesterday... You, ha- you had to have a last name of Miller to be a driver if you were going to have any success at Harris, Philadelphia, because the first nine races were taken by Dave Miller, Marcus Miller, or Brett Miller. Brett Miller went on to have six wins yesterday, including two wins in Stallion Series action. And, Mike, the Miller dominance continued today at Harris, Philadelphia, is driver Dave Miller had five wins. We had three divisions of Pennsylvania Sire Stakes going for uh, a little bit over $62,000, and he swept all three. Trainer Brian Brown had two wins, but uh, it was a five-win day for the Hall of Famer Dave Miller, who has quickly become Mike Carter over the last couple of years in big stakes races, Mr. Clutch. Uh, John Campbell was that for many years, still is to some extent, but I think Dave Miller uh, is uh, kind of ta- overtaken that title, Mike, over the last few years. But uh, Fear the Dragon won the first division in 51-2 and two, uh, for trainer Brian Brown and owner Emerald Highlands Farm. In the second uh, division, it was down by the seaside. Uh, old Led Zeppelin song, Mike. You're probably too young to to uh, know that, but it goes something like "Down by the seaside." That was good. Anyway, what is this? Tower? Yeah, it is. Down by the seaside won the second. Uh, oh, my wife's in there yelling me to shut up. Down by the seaside oh. won the second division at fifty-two and four for our country club anchors Joseph Bronco, Richard Lombardo, and then uh, of course Robert Dave Miller took the third division, sixty-three thousand plus with Betters Western, owned by Sinerco Ventures Incorporated and trained by Chris Soak. So the Hall of Famer getting it done takes all three divisions of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. So uh, congratulations to all the connections and uh, to our good buddy, Dave Miller, who's been on the show before, Mike. You know, Brian Brown is from my neck. So it's good to see uh, Brian have luck in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. Well, Mike, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to have Paula Wellwood, the trainer of Marion Marauder here on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. 
Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with inquiry relief only at BetAmerica.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Mike, Mike, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And don't forget, you can wager on all the great harness racing action at BetAmerica.com. Well, coming on right now is trainer Paula Wellwood. And Paula, what a week it has been for you. What was it like to train a Hamiltonian winner and uh, such a gutsy performance from Miriam Marauder? Um, it was uh, very exciting. And uh, it just seems so surreal. It just really... It hasn't really sunk in yet, I don't think. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, like it really is. Paulie, you've had this Mike Bozich here. Paulie, you've had a little while to have it soak in a little bit, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure it really has. But Hey, it's business you know. as usual. you got the Colonial coming up. We'll talk about that yeah. in just a minute. But, Paula, give us your reaction. Give us what was going through the head of Paula Wellwood, not only – in the elimina- uh, talk about the elimination first, and then what was going through your mind during the race in the finals. The elimination, um, I was concerned because he wasn't getting called, and I was watching it on a small little TV, and I couldn't see him, and I was uh, I was very concerned, and I never heard his name being called, so I ran. I was outside, and I went back in the paddock, and I happened to see my husband. I said, where is he? And he was just starting to move him, Scott, the driver. And then I felt a little better. And then when he came on, um, I knew that where he was coming from, he had a long way to come. But I knew he could do it because he had clear sailing at that point. Now, Paula, Marion Marauder handled the two heats like an absolute professional. I I remember saying on this program two weeks ago, and Mike Bozich might remember this, I I was very impressed with Howder was into the Hamiltonian. Were you impressed with how he went through the two heats and how he was able to handle it? Oh, yes, I was. I, he was unbelievable. I, I was a little concerned about it, but boy, he was uh, he handled it so well. It, it, it didn't phase him at all. He cooled down in between, um, recovered um, very fast, and uh, he actually was like taking a really good hold in the whole final, according to Scott Zero. Paul so is, he, he he definitely was, uh, you know, it it had no effect on him. Scott Zeron um, made the move from Canada a few years back, coming out here on the East Coast, and and obviously when you make a move of that magnitude, um, no matter what. 
kind of connections you may have made previously, that's still a, a scary move. And uh, now Scott's out here, and he's won a multitude of stakes races, really breaking out into his own here mm-hmm. in uh, the last year, year and a half. Um, do you give, like when Scott Zeron gets into the bike behind Marion Marauder, what are some of the things you say to him? Do you give him any advice, or basically do you just say, here's Scott, here are the reins, do what you think is best? That's exactly what I do. I don't give him any. Uh, he, he does what he wants to do. And he's done very well, and he's treated the uh, – he's raced the horse great, and um, I, I just hand the lines, and I just say, do what you do. He's never – he hasn't made a mistake in our eyes. Now, pa- Paula, you drew well against a very good group of trotters in the Colonial this weekend. How much confidence do you have uh, going into this race? Were you happy with uh, how he drew? And, uh, of course, the field is very competitive. It features the likes of Southwind, Frank, and many others. But, you know, the draw is always a big thing. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, he drew very well. Um, I like his close position, and I think Scott will be able to do what he – he'll be able to race him any way he wants. And it's a very deep field. It's basically the same field as the Hamiltonian. So um, we'll just have to wait and see how it pans out. Because uh, there was all the horse, there was those top four finishers raced very, very good in the Hamiltonian. Visiting live with trainer Paula, Paula Wellwood. Paula, of course, trains Marion Marauder, the 2016 Hamiltonian winner. Paula, let's get the backstory on uh, Marion Marauder. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about this horse in his early days. Um, he's done everything um, we've ever asked him to do. Um, he was a small horse when we bought him, um, but he's grew up into a good size. Um, difference between two and three is he he did get stronger and a little bigger. Um but he had a very good two-year-old year. He finished, He didn't win many races, but he finished second a lot of times. And uh, we knew we had, we weren't overly, we we were going to be happy with how he came into his three-year-old year because he had a good two-year-old year. And he just, once he learned different racing styles, he just excelled. At what point, Paula, did you realize uh, it? maybe it could have been a race, maybe it could have been, who knows, it could have been a mile on the training track. When did you realize deep down in your heart that you had something special, that you had something Hamiltonian-like special? It was uh, when he started his two-year-old year. He came down from Canada. He came down here to the New Jersey Fire Stakes, and he was, uh, by his third start down here, he was, very, very good. And uh, we actually got thinking that he's going to be a major player. Now, Paula, and then the this last year, question. he just came back and did good this year. So Now, Paula, what's next after the Colonial at Pocono Downs for this talented trotter? Uh, the Elkers trot. The Elkers trot right after the um, Colonial, and then he goes back to Canada for the Canadian Trotting Classic. All right. Well, Paula, listen, we really appreciate you joining us. And, uh, of course, uh, Marion Marauder is uh, obviously the star of your stable. But uh, you know what? Before we let you go, let's talk about some of the other uh, horses in your stable. And uh, and maybe even, as a matter of fact, let's do it. Let's give some of the props to uh, some of the caretakers and people that really get their hands dirty behind the scenes. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got a very good crew. Um, I have a couple that has worked for us 
off and on. They work for my father. I work with them with my father, and they now uh, work for my myself um, up in Canada, Ron O'Neill, and they do a wonderful job. And uh, that's that's all it is. It's the four of us because we're we, I only we only have twelve horses, so we're a small that, table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and that's terrific. And of course, uh, you guys race up in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, listen, Marion Marauder provided uh, certainly a lot of thrills. Uh, especially going to heats. And, you know, I know Mike Carter already asked that question about uh, – and I guess that's probably safe to say for everybody going into the Hamiltonian uh, because it's always a wild card. I mean, the two heats are always Yo. a wild card for everybody. I mean, it's – you know, yeah. it's not like the two heat racing is is uh, so regular that, that trainers and owners can, you know, kind of pinpoint how their horse is going to handle it. I mean, it's it's really a wild card for everybody, you'd have to think. Oh, for sure. No, it is, and you do, yeah, it's not common, and you don't know how your horse is going to handle it. You just hope that uh, he can they can handle it. Um, but it it is a wild card. I totally agree with you. Paula, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Best of luck in the future with not only Marion Marauder but uh, your whole stable full of horses. Hopefully, we'll see you here again next year and the years to follow. Okay, thank you very much. All right, that was Paula Wellwood, trainer of Marion Marauder, the 2016 Hamiltonian champion. And, uh, you know, that's an interesting angle because, Mike, if you go back years and years and years, you know, heat racing was certainly a lot more commonplace than it is here in 2016. And really, I mean, besides maybe some of your county fairs and some of your localized stakes races, I mean, the little brown jug in Hamiltonian, you know, that's kind of it for heat racing, where if you go back a long ways away, it was a lot more commonplace. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I was just so, so impressed with the way Marion Marauder was uh, training coming up to the uh, coming up to the race. You know, it, it just he impressed me and it's obvious that he impressed uh, Paula Wellwood as well. Yeah, and you know, another thing that Marion Marauder did, and I know, you know, coming into the prep races for the Hamiltonian, he was primarily a come-from-behind horse. Um, And, you know, leading up to that, he started to show speed. He started to show the versatility that, uh, you know, makes a champion. I mean, listen, a champion has got to be able to do a lot of different things out on that racetrack. A champion has to be able to adjust to the pace scenario. I mean, and even from a handicapping point of view, Mike, if you look for, even throw Red handicappers um pace can beat the very best horses alive the pace scenario can do that and that's why if you're going to have a successful horse harness or thoroughbred you've got to be able to adjust to uh, pace scenarios and you have to be able to race a, a few different ways and i think marion marauder proved that mike over the last uh, month or so that uh, he is versatile enough to uh, race a few different ways no, I completely agree with you, and you know, that's one thing about, you know, some of these younger horses, Mike, you know, is do they have the ability to go on at four and five and six, and, you know, I, I was kind of, um, there's a trotter that's in my head that uh, raced a couple of years ago, he broke in the Hamiltonian, help me out here, two years ago, mm. you don't know either, do you? I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. When we come back, I'm going to have it. And uh, it's the horses you got in Gradrove two years ago. And it, it was really disappointing that the horse couldn't come back as strong as a four-year-old. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Marion Marauder uh, 
what to do. Google is your best friend, Mike. Google is all of our best friends here in 2016. And by the way, speak, you know what, Mike, speaking of breaks, um, and uh, I'm going to go back to this Harris Philly card today real quick. It was quite a card before we go to commercial. And then we've got Murray Brown on the other side of this break. But uh, market share. Uh, was uh, racing today at Harris Philly in the seventh race uh, off of a two and a half month layoff qualified in 54 and four uh, here at uh, Philadelphia finishing second to Cray Shauna and the uh, market share was the one to five favorite in the opening leg of that pick four and made a break right at the start. So we'll have to see what's going forward for uh, market share. And also uh, it was the third straight win in the 11th race for wind of the North. You remember this horse? this horse is obviously very talented has been battling the best in the world for the last couple of years, and he is putting a win streak together. So congratulations to uh, Daryl beer, Joanne Dombank, Sean beer, and uh, the connections of wind of the North. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, Hanover shoe farms, very own Murray Brown is on the other side of this commercial break. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at embroideryunl.com. That's embroideryunl.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Check out Horses Healing Maryland's Military Riding Showcase, a Horseland special event on Friday, September 2nd in the Horse Show Ring at the Maryland State Fair. The HHMM, which is a new coalition of licensed Maryland stables offering therapeutic programs to veterans and their families, Military Riding Showcase will feature a military tribute, the U.S. Army Caisson Platoon, 3D Infantry Regiment with an Old Guard History Presentation, the Maryland National Capitol Park Police Mounted Unit, the Freedom Hills Therapeutic Riding Program, Veterans Drill Team, Star Equestrian Center Veterans Drill Team, and much, much more. For more information, visit www.MarylandStateFair.com. (laughs) 
We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by Hanover Shoe Farm's very own Murray Brown, who had a chance to uh, spend some time in Ireland. Murray, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Mike. Nice to be there. Give us the skinny. You uh, were just over there in Ireland for uh, a couple of days, enjoying the likes of uh, uh, great harness racing out there. Of course, the Delaney Memorial, which was called by the United States' own Roger Hughes. Tell us about uh, the overall experience there in Ireland and uh, how harness racing was like to our uh, fans listening here in the United States. Just really, really fantastic, Mike. Uh, You know, I've been to most of the major events through the world, Uh, been to the Prix de Marique several times, been to the Elite Club several times. I've been to most of the major races in North America with, with, shamefully the exception of the uh, gold cup and saucer in Prince Edward Island, which is taking place this Saturday. But uh, terms of having fun, enjoyment, very knowledgeable and involved fans, they're, they're, nothing even compares to, uh, to Ireland. The track itself is relatively small, but it gets picked up. Uh, pretty much filled filled up uh the people there are incredibly friendly uh uh very very enthusiastic and a whole lot more knowledgeable than i thought they would be uh the racing is good and getting better the delaney's specifically derek delaney are, are the greatest hosts that i've ever known in my life uh uh, the crowd, uh, I'm guessing there were a couple thousand people there on, on Saturday, probably close to 3,000 on Sunday, uh, was very diverse, old, young, women, children. Uh, I was especially happy to see so many young people there and so many of them having just a great time. Uh, it's so rare that, if ever, that we see this at our North American tracks Maybe you might see it on North America Cup Day at Mohawk, but uh, in general, nothing to compare to it. Now, Murray, talk a little bit about uh, how you got into the sport of harness racing. I noticed, or I was reading, doing some research, and I, I saw that your first purchase of a racehorse came in 2004 when you purchased the share of Donato Hanover. Uh, what made you get into the sport and get to Hanover Shoe Farms in 1967? Well, really, that wasn't my first uh, purchase. first purchase was a horse uh, by the name of Auction Time, probably somewhere in the early 60s. Uh, There were six of us. We put some money together, and we bought this little horse who was not much bigger than a pony. Uh, He was the son of good time. And uh, he raced very well for for us. Uh, We we had a lot of fun. But prior to that, I had been a race tracker. I bet I was a, became a real student of the game, a student of bloodlines. Uh, my first real job in the sport was working for the Miron Brothers uh, outfit up in Mont- uh, close, no, just north of Montreal. Uh, at that time, they were the, probably next to Armstrong Brothers, the second leadest, leading breeder and racing stable in the country, and. They were very, very kind to me. Uh, I was there two years, and then I got a chance to come to the States and work for 
uh, Lanago Bell Farms. I was there less than a year. Things didn't work out real well there. But one day I got a phone call from this man who identified himself as Lauren Shepard, who was the owner of Hanover Shoe Farms. And uh, most kids growing up in Montreal wanted to play for the Montreal Canadiens. I wanted to be with Hanover Shoe Farms. And Mr. Shepard offered me that dream come true job. And that was uh, 50 years ago, and I've been there ever since. Murray uh, Brown joining us from Hanover Shoe Farms. Murray, uh, one of the big accomplishments, obviously, of your career uh, was uh, back in 2003 when you were inducted into the Canadian uh, Harness Horse Hall of Fame. Can you talk about that moment and what that meant to you? Uh, Not one of the greatest. Uh, It was just came as a huge surprise to me. Uh, I I can recall the moment I found out about it prior to that time, and uh, I believe after it as well, the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame usually announced their nominees prior to their choosing uh, the people who who were to be elected. But this year, for some strange reason, they didn't do, do that. And I, w- I remember I was out at the road, uh, uh, out on the road, uh, looking at yearlings, and I was having lunch at the famous Mastori's Diner uh, in New Jersey with Bob Bonney and, uh, uh, and the late Leo McNamara, Jr. And uh, I get a phone call from Ted Smith, who was president of the Canadian Trotting Association at the time and also uh, president of the nominating committee of the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame. And he told me I I was elected to the Hall of Fame and I was just in, in amazement. Like I said, I had no idea I, I, I was even being considered or the, that I had been nominated. And uh, looking back at it, I'm guessing uh, a dear friend of mine uh, who passed several years ago and was just elected to the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame this year, John Ferguson, uh, the former great hockey player with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, played some part in doing that. We were great friends, and I, I, I always respected Fergie. He respected me, and I kind of think he might have had something to do with it because he was on the nominating committee. Now, Murray, talk to us a little bit about how the wagering is different in Ireland than that of the United States. Well, basically, the, the wagering, or at least from my perspective, was was pretty secondary. Uh, there is no paramutual wagering. They, there were a series of five different bookmakers at the track, and they set their own odds. And to some degree, I think three of them were computerized. The, the odds varied relative to the amount of money bet on a given horse at a given time. But uh, you bought a ticket on a horse, and uh, the ticket told you what you how much money you would get if if your horse won. There's win wagering only. No place and show. No gimmicks. Just win wagering. And uh, the bookmakers also have the right to withdraw a horse from the wagering. However, if if you bet on a given horse in a given race and had that ticket, uh, whether they took him out or not, 
you you had that ticket, then you were entitled to collect uh, what uh, what the ticket said you were to collect if that horse did win, even though he had been taken out of the wagering. Very Murray very won- interesting and and very you know very you know a lot of fun. All all five bookmakers were pretty much adjacent to each other, and you could shop for the best price. And uh, it, it was kind of fun just doing that. Well, that's kind of interesting, and I know New Jersey's got the uh, the whole Betfair thing going on with exchange wagering, and we'll have to see how that kind of pans out and if that kind of takes off. I know there's some legislative hurdles that some other states have to uh, get over if they want to get that going. But, uh, Murray, real quick before we let you go, um, is there anything that harness racing in the United States can learn to benefit their product from harness racing in Ireland? Well, the, the, the end goal is what I, I felt was the greatest part of, of being there and observing there was the, the interest of young people, of women, uh, uh, diverse seg- <coughs> segments of, of the population. Uh, to a large degree, uh, our patronage in the States is uh, composed of mostly uh, older, older white man, and uh, we need to diversify our clientele. How we do it, I just don't know. But they've done it, and they've done it very well. Uh, one interesting thing is the racing each night. <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse me, I've had a tickle in my throat for a couple of days now. Uh, the racing ended at six six p.m. each night, but. Uh, we left at around 7.30, and I don't think 10 people had left. Uh, they, they were all having a good time. They were drinking and laughing and and just having a wonderful time. And uh, I was told that people were still there about 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, uh, <laughs> the end result is people were there because they were having a good time. Now, how to make the racetrack experience here uh in the states or and in North America, a fun thing like it is over there—that's that's a that's a big goal, and I don't know how we're going to do it. Murray Brown from Hanover Shoe Farms. Listen, we certainly appreciate you taking time to join us here uh, tonight, and uh, we'll see what happens here in uh, American harness racing. But uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you in the future, my friend. Okay, my pleasure, Mike. Thank you. All right, that was Murray Brown from Hanover Shoe Farms. We have a timeout to take, and when we come back, we've got one of America's most popular guys, America's most popular driver as far as I'm concerned, Victor Kirby. He's joining us live from uh, Las Vegas, and uh, we'll have him next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign-up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Bread is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. 
Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Hello, this is Kayla Straw, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. On post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and right now we're joined live from Las Vegas by uh, Victor Kirby, one of America's most popular drivers. That's your new nickname, boss. You know that, right? Well, I appreciate the plug. I don't know that everybody feels that way, but I appreciate that coming from you, definitely. Well, listen, let me ask you a question: uh, Do you need a loan, or do we need a loan? How are things going out there? Not very well. I was going to see if anybody listening send me a hand so I could get home. I, I, oh, I'm due well, to drive to Chester on Sunday, and I need help. Well, well, hey, listen, hey, our, se- our segment's ended. We've got to go. <laughs> oh, hey, man. Vic, i, I got to tell you real quick. Mike Bozich said at the start of the show he had enough money for everybody combined. So, uh, well, that's, oh, that's, that's good enough. Idea. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Vic Kirby, live from Las Vegas. Listen, we first of all, we appreciate you taking time out of your vacation to join us and to talk shop and to talk work. Um, and uh, we're going to kind of get to know you a little bit. This is going to be a little bit of an in-depth interview, although we're not going to take too much of your time because we want you to get back to uh, the machines and and try to uh, make some Actually, money. Take but, all uh, the time. Take all the time you need, please. Yeah, okay. Please take all the time you need. Vic, uh, let's let's take let's go back to the early days. How how did we get started in the sport? Uh, just like a lot of people, it was family. My grandfather, Vinyl Kirby, I came up under him. Um, then I served a short stint with John Wagner, who was, uh, had a top stable in Maryland for years, and uh, learned a lot about operating a big stable and and of course driving. And and honestly, my primary goal when I got into the game was to be a groom. I mean, as dumb as that sounds, and some people probably think. That's what I should still be. Uh, to to be at the level that I'm at now, which I'm very proud of and, and appreciate the the support of the trainers and owners that, that, that give me the opportunity to drive their horses, uh, and it, it's far exceeded what I came into this business to be. Is, uh, what is it like to drive some of the top horses for trainer Joanne Looney King? Uh, you've gotten to drive some uh, very good horses, including Wakazashi Hanover uh, most recently. Talk to us a little about Drive uh, top horses. Uh, honestly, I never got to drive Wakasashi. I had the opportunity one time, but didn't get to. But uh, the opportunities they give me on horses like Perfect Bags, Just a Jolt, and numerous others of the young horses. I, I mean, I can't thank them enough. Uh, Timmy Teacher's been a great support to me. When he can't go places for big races, he asked me to fill in, and and I mean, I I can't thank him enough for that. And and through that, other other top trainers, Tony Alanya, um, other guys up in New Jersey have given me opportunities that, I mean, I can't thank them enough for. 
Yeah, one of the things, Vic, driving out here on the East Coast is that you kind of have to be prepared to travel. And uh, that's one of the things, uh, you know, coming from Michigan, where primarily, uh, at least for much of my career there, we were just kind of down to one track, Hazel Park, and, you know, Northville would race uh, the days we wouldn't. But here in the East Coast, and, you know, we talked to a lot of the drivers about this, is you have to be able to, to travel. I mean, a lot of these guys are here during the day, Pocono at night. I mean, I know you're here a lot during the day. Then you rush back to Harrington or rush back to Dover and uh, battle that awful traffic, by the way. 495 was completely stopped dead today. So thank God you're in, you're in Vegas because you'd have never made it back. But uh, talk about some of the strain that that has uh, on a driver to, uh, you know, be out there for nine, ten, six, seven, eight races at Chester and then have to go to, uh, you know, Harrington or Pocono or Dover or wherever, the Meadowlands. I, I mean, I suppose it's like, especially myself, and and I, honestly, we we can't take that for granted here on the East Coast because you mentioned Michigan, and uh, you know they don't have that opportunity anymore, and we can't take that for granted that we do still have that oppor- opportunity here to race, you know, in numerous different places, and and um, but as far as the strain it puts on traveling, yeah, it's a lot, and I know a lot of the guys, all they do is is just catch drive and run from place to place. Me myself stable horses so in the morning i get up and tend to them and then go on that grind and and honestly it's not fun but we can't take it for granted and we we really have to appreciate what, what's before us because it's not guaranteed to last forever as murray brown was talking about before now vic what is one race that you would like to win in your career uh I don't know. Everybody, everybody has their own different one. It'd be great to win the Hamiltonian. I don't know if, I, if I'll ever get that opportunity. If I do, it'd be awesome just to even be in it. One of my fellow, uh, fellow drivers from Delaware, George Dennis was recently in it and he made it to the final. He didn't get any money, but that was just awesome to see, you know, a local guy like that in it. And we all, we all dream of stuff like that. Um, for the time being, we just take, take what we can and, and just go from there. There's uh, nothing more you can do about it. Visiting live with driver Vic Kirby. Now, Vic, what do you think some of the different uh, strategies are as far as uh, maybe going from track to track, like driving at Harrington a half mile? Obviously, the outside's very, very tough there. Um, and, uh, you know, then you move to the five eights, and actually the outside's pretty tough at Dover and, and Harris as well. Is there any different strategies that you employ uh, as a driver going from track to track, or do you just kind of, you know, see what the horse wants to do and the trainer wants to do and let the horse kind of dictate terms? Well, the track, those different tracks all play differently. I mean, Harris, Harris, uh, Philadelphia plays way differently than Harrington or Dover. And by what I mean by plays differently, as far as speed, uh, Harris is a very tough place to come off the pace. Um, Harrington, Harrington is versatile. You, you know, of course, being a half mile track, you want to be up near the front, but you still can come from behind. And me, myself, personally, uh, I mean, I get a lot more power, power meaning the horses that have a better chance in Delaware at Dover or Harrington. Sometimes uh, at Harris, Philadelphia, I don't get the, the so-called cream of the crop, and I just have to deal with that and do the best I can and try to try to get the most I can. So a lot of my strategy plays into that. If I'm if I'm 30 to 1 more in line and go off, you know, 30, 40 to 1, I've got a lot of drive a lot differently than as in Harrington or Dover, where sometimes I might be the favorite. And I can be a lot more aggressive. Uh, so that that's kind of how my strategy plays into it. Different people have different uh, different ideas about that. Now, Vic, what is next for you? Are you going to stay on the Delaware circuit, or you you have plans to maybe move on? 
No, Delaware is home. I mean, that's that's my home, always has been. I hope we can, uh, you know, the Vestinos, as we want to call them there, are, are doing pretty well. We're struggling with all the competition, but we still got a very viable industry in Delaware, and, and that's home to me. Um, I, I definitely like branching out. Too. I love staying active at Harris, Philadelphia, and occasionally at, at uh, Mohegan Sun, and the opportunities that I get every once in a while at the Meadowlands and even Yonkers. Um, I appreciate all those opportunities, but Point blank, Delaware is home, and I I hope we can continue continue going the way we are there and and remain viable. Yeah, and I mean you you know you've uh, been around for a little bit, and uh, you saw the uh, obviously the improvements in the purses and the horse quality and stock uh, pre gaming to uh, you know post gaming in modern times uh, in Delaware. I mean you go back ways, and uh, I mean Dover and Harrington, my goodness, I mean they were racing for you know next to nothing. Yeah. That's right. And a lot of tracks were, I mean, a lot of tracks were, you know, you get to the expanded gaming now and the slot machines are ringing and, you know, you've got the obviously better purses, better opportunities, lots of opportunities out East for uh, drivers and, and trainers and horsemen. Um, Vic, when we get back down to, um, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, some of the younger drivers uh, that are coming into the business, uh, some of the 18, 19, 20-year-old guys that are trying to find their way, um, you know, that are kind of, uh, you know, getting their getting their feet wet uh, as far as driving horses are concerned. What advice you as a veteran would give to a younger guy, uh, a driver in particular, that's that's coming into the business? Uh, well, one one thing the way I came up, and and I I expressed my concern to people not long ago about the lack of back backstretch life anymore. By backstretch, I mean when we used to stable at the tracks, and uh, that was the way I came up. And when you stable at the tracks, it was cool to be a groom. It was cool to go in the paddock and take care of a horse, or paddock a horse, or groom him during the day. Well, now uh, with the Racino, uh, we don't really have much backstretch life anymore, and the younger generation. It's kind of kind of getting excluded to a point where if they're not interested on their own, they're not going to get into it. And I see a lot of got young guys coming up now, uh, be it 16, 17, 18 years old, and their their primary goal is I want to be a driver. I want to put the white gloves on and the goggles and the helmet. And in my opinion, that's not the way to come up. You have to learn from the ground up. And I, I've heard other top drivers, Yannick, Timmy, all of them have, have expressed this uh, you know, you've got to learn from the ground up as far as cleaning a stall, grooming a horse, taking care of them, sending to their daily needs. It's not all about driving. I mean, I'm I'm very thankful I got to this point, but uh, it's a tough road. And if you're if you're a young person trying to get into it and you're not willing to to meet those demands to get to this, it, it's going to be even tougher. Vic, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we're going to send you back out into that jungle that is Las Vegas. Uh, and oh. hopefully by the time – listen, hopefully by the time the night's over, your pockets will be full, and who knows, maybe after a couple of days there, we won't, you won't have to worry about driving horses anymore. Well, if not, I've got you on speed dial, so, so stay by <laughs> your phone, please. And I thank you guys for having me. I appreciate what you guys do. It's great, uh, well, it's great to see stuff like that. Hey, in our hey game. Vic, that's a, that's a smart, smart move to have him on speed dial. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. L- listen, Vic, let me tell you something. My account right now could probably get you to Salt Lake City from Las Vegas. You ain't going to get any well, further. that's okay. That's a start. <laughs> Vic, we certainly appreciate you joining. And and by the way, uh, real quick before we let you go, uh, I've never been to Vegas. I don't know if Carter has. I've never been to Vegas. And for those listening that have never been to Vegas, uh, any thoughts, any tips uh, on where to stay maybe or where to play? 
the, the whole place, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, you uh, you see things you never see out here. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at something right now that it, even though this is a satellite radio, I wouldn't even say it on air. But it, it, <laughs> it's just uh, it's unbelievable out here. And if anybody ever gets an opportunity, you gotta you gotta come. So you don't want to get an interview with this particular person, is what you're saying? No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Vic, uh, take care, of my friend, and listen. Go get what? What are your? Uh, what do you play cards? Do you like to play hold them or what? Uh, what do you like I'm to play? I'm actually on a, I'm on a crap a crap table gig right now, and it was going real well yesterday, and today it's not. So I'm thinking I better either change up or just walk away. Uh, so we'll we'll just see how it plays out. It's called gambling, and that's why you do it. All right. Good. Hey, Vic, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and uh, good luck and enjoy the rest of your vacation. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll see you Sunday, Mike. All right, buddy. We'll see you over there. All right. Take care. That was uh, driver Vic Kirby. He's uh, loving life, or uh, maybe Mike not so uh, much loving life uh, over in uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Listen, I think I think you need to go bail him out. Yeah, like I said, I mean, if I give him my card, he's probably not going to get very far. And uh, maybe we'll have to pull our resources and, uh, and see if we can get Vic home. GoFundMe.com. Please bring Vic home. We'll, uh, we'll have to wait. To, like I said, I've never been to Vegas. So, I mean, I, I don't really know. But uh, I guess it's uh, it could be a fun time, maybe. When we come back, uh, we, let's see, we're going to go around the horn. We've got our running aces segment, still plenty left on this edition of uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. We'll be back. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up, up to $300, $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Post time with Mike and Mike Carter. Mike, I got to tell you, this is my favorite segment that we do. Uh, for those of you who don't catch us each and every week, we do a little thing called going around the horn, and we, uh, you know, talk about the uh, race. Um, again, Mike. Yeah, we're going to have uh, – it's going to be a great day coming up on Saturday as, as Super Stink, Stupor Stink Saturday over at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. They've got some great races. Obviously, the Superstars at Harness Racing uh, are back uh, racing, and uh, they're going to decide some pretty hefty purses. There's a couple of $500,000 purses there. Uh, real quick, uh, Mike, let's do this around the horn. We kind of just – we don't really give our picks, but we just kind of make people aware of some of the – 
some of the stakes horses and nicer horses uh, that are racing uh, around the uh, the country and uh, over the past uh, week and uh, over the upcoming week. And we'll start in the third race. It's the Hanover Shoe Farms Mayor's Invitational at Mohegan Sun uh, Pocono going for a purse of $50,000. We won't spend too much time on this race, but we do want to let everybody know that the $3.5 million mayor pacing Mayor Andrew Betts in action from post position number two. You have uh, Divine Caroline in post position three, Devil Child, who uh, was your way last week and put on quite a show, Mike, Six and three quarters lengths win in 151 and four. We'll start from post five with the Hall of Famer Dave Miller. Just had a beautiful day today at Harris Philly. You've got Katie Sand and Market Apar on the outside. What are your thoughts on this one, Mike? You know, put a strong arc last week, and I was very impressed with how how she won. But Mike, she she won while well, she won easily at uh, very small odds. Uh, you know, everybody took their shot at Devil Child. So I think Devil Child's going to have um you know is going is going to have a, a big another big race here from post 5. Andrew Vetro is post 2 this week off disappointing performances to say the least. I'm not a big Andrew Vet fan at 5 to 1. I'm not exactly sure uh the morning line but one on race four is the uh, colonial consolation uh, going for a hundred thousand dollars and uh, number nine reigning money Mike was a horse that a lot of people kind of touted in the Hamiltonian elimination starting from post nine left had the pocket journey and broke at the three quarter mile station uh, followed that up with a very impressive win in Pennsylvania sire stakes action at 155 Yannick Shingraz in the bike here does have to overcome post nine but uh, I think if this horse can stay flat, he's got a real big shot in him. You know, you gotta think that money McAuliffe, and in fact, uh, he won at Meadows with Yannick Jing on the bike. Yannick picks up the mount again tonight for trainer Jimmy Tactor. The other horse, Mike, in this field and I'm really not too sure of is the three Maven's Way, who was parked out, parked a mile in the Hamiltonian elimination, just made the final, and then uh, did not race that well in the Hamiltonian final. Of course, Ocas Fonstead had arrived Maven's Way in the final because he owns a piece of him. I think that Maven's uh, Way has got a very, very against a field that is, um, you know, definitely going to be a little bit easier. The older trotters, let's skip a race. Race number six, the older trotters going head-to-head in the Sebastian K Invitational for a purse of 50000 What a great race this is, Mike. You've got Honor and Serve from the Cones, Rose Run Parker, uh, Il Sonio Dream from Post 3, Wings of Royalty, Homicide Hunter, Abrogado, Shana, J.L. Cruz, and Shake It Carry. Wow, is this an unbelievable field. And anybody can win this particular race. You've got J.L. Cruz out from post position number eight. Abrogado continues in strong form after having just a completely terrible trip in the Cashman, finishing a fast closing second to resolve, coming home in 26-4. and four. I do think the 5-2 to two morning line is worthy of six Abrogado. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I think Obergato's got a good shot. And here, Chris Shada draws post seven for driver Tim Teacher. Coming off a strong qualifier six lengths against market share. Uh, we were just talking about market share a little bit. Naked carry, Mike, has just not been the uh, the same this year, in my opinion. Was third in the Cleveland Classic race at Yonkers. Uh, Miladies Monet and Obergato coming 
excuse me, coming yeah, if I can talk, uh, coming second up with cover, took over the lead. Uh, you got to throw out the fresh Yankee though, Mike. A mile and an eighth. She just she was parked out uh, every step, just missed by a neck. So maybe you don't want to uh, you don't want to throw that out in a competitive field. And I think Obregado and J.O. Cruz uh, are the are the two that uh, that could uh, meet up with Shake and Carry in this field. Absolutely. Let's move along to the finals, Mike. Uh, actually, before we do that, let's talk about race 10. It's the PHHA Invitational for a purse of $50,000. You've got a good field of nine here. You've got Mel Mara's the 5-2 to two favorite, going up against the likes of Delta Winner and uh, Bit of a Legend and Luck Be With You, who scratched out of the Dan Patch. Rock-Eyed Optimus was parked a mile last time, off a little bit of a break at the Meadowlands uh, back on the 6th of August. Very interesting race. Melmara's looking to get back on track, but uh, I'll tell you what, it's six to one. And if we can get six to one on rock eyed optimist, I'm willing to take a chance. Uh, obviously post nine is going to be a little bit of a hurdle for the source to overcome, but uh, he did overcome a pretty bad trip last time only to finish three quarters lengths away from a Cardinals lightning and bit of a legend. Brett Miller's going to have to work out a trip here, but uh, I'll tell you what, six to one or better. And my money's on rock eyed optimist. Yeah, Rock Out Optimist uh, gets the outside draw. Coming off a very, very tough race at Meadowlands, uh, just like you said, against McArdle's Lightning and Bit of a Legend. My field, though, I think Mel Mara's got a shot. Mel Mara raced in the Dan Patch against um, the likes of Always Be Mickey, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Freaky Pete Pete. And Mel Mara didn't race all that bad, only missed by two and a quarter lengths, coming home in 26-2, and two, a 149-3 mile. I think Mel Mara has got a shot to beat this field. But, Mike, another horse, I think, and I'm going to provide my little bit of a show bet long shot here. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, buddy. Always at my place. The eight horse, always at my place. Basically a tough field. And, you know, throw out the Ben Franklin from post 10. Throw out the William Houghton from post 11. Look at this. This horse does not draw well. When he does draw well, he does have the ability to show a ton of class. And I think always at my place, even though – he draws the outside again against this field. I think he's got a shot to uh, show a little bit of early speed. And if he doesn't show early speed, he might come off the pace. All right. We'll see if he can overcome post eight. The price will certainly be right at uh, 15 to one and probably get a lot more than that. Race 11 is the $350,000 Valley Forge for three-year-old Philly Paces. Pure countries back in against the girls after battling well against the boys the last couple of starts. And uh, Mike, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to throw this to you. What were your thoughts on pure country against the boys? Listen, pure country in the Milstein it was interesting because, um, you know, she came first up. Uh, it says first up at the half. Okay, Mike, I got to basically parked out every step of this mile. And when they came by the stand the first time, I told one of our uh, managers, I said, she's in a lot of trouble. She's in a lot, a lot of trouble. And it was absolute freight train uh, to finish second, only missing by four lengths to a game line who just about fell on his face turning for home uh he broke stride and then came back on and absolutely monster field so that pure country is going to be the play for me in here darling on the beach has won two straight uh after finishing second the pennsylvania sire stakes uh made a break in that race mike uh at the meadows darling on the beach has a shot to a little maybe provide a little bit of an upset but i think pure country is going to be the favorite here 
Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Pure Country out from post nine. They say post is the great equalizer. We'll have to find out. Race 12 is the $500,000 Colonial. And uh, once again, here we go. It's Southwind Frank versus Marion Marauder. Marion Marauder draws post two. We had Paula Wellwood on the show earlier. Southwind Frank draws to the outside from post six. Dason has put together a nice three-race win streak. You've got the Sutton, who I just read on the USTA site. The Millers think that this horse is a major contender. Almost, almost was able to pick it up on the Hamiltonian. And I'll tell you what, Mike, if that horse would have won that Hamiltonian race, uh, Mike, uh, I'd have still been buying, buddy, because uh, I had that super effective box. But he got bar hopping from the outside, was impressive in the elimination, come up short in the Hamiltonian final after pretty much setting the trot. Weightlifter K has been outstanding uh, for trainer Andrew Harris. It's uh, pretty much for all intents and purposes a uh, Hamiltonian rematch of sorts here for a lot of these horses, Mike. Yeah, I completely agree. I didn't have the best of the final world in 2016, went seven for eight in 2015. Mike, me and you have both had the uh, honor to and pleasure to call in race calls, and I think he said this, this field Frank. I think Mary Rodgers is going to be on so I'm going to play on to uh, race number 13 is the Battle of Brandywine $500,000 is the purse of course we get the big three again betting line uh, taking on control the moment taking on Racing Hill uh, Racing Hill just came up short of the Meadowlands pace against Control of the Moments, went on to a two-race win streak, including a, an impressive win in the Adios. Betting line has got uh, an eight-race win streak. He's just been absolutely on fire, eight of nine here in 2016. Control of the Moment has won three straight. He's made over a million dollars. I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous race. You get the big three here, betting line, Racing Hill, Control of the Moment. Mike, who do you think it's going to be? You know, this is a, you know, this is a, such a competitive field. It is very, very hard for me to tell you who I think is going to win hands down. I think betting line is going to have the best chance. Betting line really, really impressed me at Northfield Park in the Millstein last week. One by four after making a break at the three-quarter pole. And Mike, I, I got to say, betting line face turned home, and he absolutely handled it like a professional. I think betting line is the horse to beat, and there's no, uh, there's no one else that's going to touch him here. Coming up on Saturday, Mike, is uh, not only, of course, you've got all the big races at Pocono, but you have one of our favorite races, the Gold Cup and Saucer. And our good Ooh, friends, Vance Cameron. Like and, Mike, we tried. I mean, listen, we exhausted every. As a matter of fact, we're going to try to get Vance Cameron on the show next week. That's going to be our goal of goals is to get Vance Cameron on the show next week so you get a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, but real quick, taking a look at that race, and it's got some prestige this year, Mike. 88 career wins for Foiled again, $7.4 million in the bank, finished fourth, was able to make the finals uh, against uh, the likes of YS Lotus, who uh, draws some post three here. But you've also got uh, Limelight Beach in here, a former uh, Little Brown Jug winner, and you've got some others in here too. What are your thoughts on the Sobeys Gold Cup and Saucer? Well, first I got to say, if we don't get a boom just like that, it's not going to be a regular gold cup and saucer. But I got to no. tell you, why, why is Lotus, or why is Lotus 
absolutely phenomenal uh, last week. 26, 53, 21. Was, was able to come home in a 29 and 4 and still win by three lengths, Mike. I, I think that uh, YS Lotus or Y said is going to be the horse to beat in this field. Go Daddy Go is uh, three to one. Uh, to the inside, and of course, Limelight Beach is the five to two betting choice in the Gold Cup and Saucer uh, final after finishing second to Go Daddy Go. But Mike, I think Wise Lotus has got the best chance in here. Uh, won his last two races over the Charlottetown track by a combined of ten and a quarter lengths. I think that you know he's going to get on top, and uh, you know he'll have to um, you know he'll have to the mile, but I think he's got a big shot of doing it. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. Uh, it's a, always a can't-miss event, and uh, hopefully they don't have the downpour that they had uh, last year where they had the race the, the race the next day and uh, the Gold Cup and Saucer. It's a one-in-a-lifetime event, once-in-a-lifetime event, and uh, I know a lot of people. I know uh, Anthony McDonald, one of our sponsors here from the stable.ca, has said it that way. I know a couple of other people. Ken Warkington is uh, headed that way, so... Uh, it's going to be a tremendous, uh, tremendous race, the Gold Cup and Saucer. And also, Mike, uh, before we get into our running aces segment, Wiggle It Jiggle It will be in action on Sunday in the uh, Pre-D'Ete up at uh, Three Rivers. Yeah, he will. He talked to me a little bit about uh, what they were going to do, and basically he said, you know, we're just going to go where they ask us to go. Uh, you know, they called him up, said, hey, will you come? And for $200,000, why not? Uh, you know, he, he drew well, and Wiggle Jiggle is just an absolute monster, and I think Wiggle Jiggle going win that race hand down. But Rock and Ron is in that field as well, Mike, so I could uh, present, pre- present a little bit of a challenge with Jiggle all right, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, it's our Running Aces segment. We're going to hear from our good friend Darren Gagne. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. 
Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Coming up this weekend at Running Aces on Saturday, August 20th, we will host the Minnesota Sire Three-Year-Old Pacers. And the $8,500 Philly Division will see Look Again Etta and Rick McGee fresh off their 155-2 lifetime mark score last time out, squaring off against American Dancer and Luke Plano. They will be the top two favorites in the contest. American Dancer is coming in fresh off a 156-2 win, and she's looking for her fourth win of the season. On Saturday, the $11,000 Open Handicap Trot will see Banker Volo and trainer-driver Nick Rowland looking to defend their title once again off their gutsy performance last week. He'll face off against Flame On, Big Expense, and Where's the Clicker, amongst other rivals. Also on Saturday, the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers going for $8,500 Minnesota event. Swagasaurus Rex looking for his third win in a row, but he's facing strong challengers in Syrax, Ducky Dote, and Minta Cruz, to name a few. On Sunday, August 21st, we will play host to the $12,000 Open Handicap Pacing Event for Horses and Geldings. And also on Sunday, the three-year-old Minnesota Sire Trotters will be going for a $15,000 bounty. Live racing four nights a week here at Running Aces through the end of the season with racing action on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Central, first post, and weekend racing, Saturdays and Sundays, first race post time, 6 p.m. Central. Our night of champions, the final live night of the season, Saturday, September the 3rd, with over a quarter million dollars in purses. And don't forget... $5,000 guaranteed in the 50-cent late pick four on Tuesday nights at Running Aces. We're going to highlight race eight from Sunday, August 14th at Running Aces, a horses and geldings condition pacing event, $8,000 purse, scratched down to a field of eight with a scratch of number five, Silver Spur. Let's take a look at the field. The one was Better Me Boy with Rick McGee, seven to two. At post time, number two, Nadia's Revenge with Mooney Swenson, 25 to 1. Three, Rockin' Jimmy, 8 to 5 with Nick Rowland, second choice here. Number four, Greybeard, Brian Deachin, 21 to 1. Five out, number six, Kukalaka, Steve Wiseman, 7 to 5 favorite. Number seven, Buddy's Hope was given a 66 to 1 long shot uh, chance here. Number eight, Dash Point Hanover, 15 to 1 with Jim Marino. And nine, Cooper's Beach, 7 to 1 from the far outside with Luke Plano. Eight race condition, horses and geldings. Pacers scratch down to a field of eight here. They're lined up in the back stretch and ready for action. They're picking up speed. Here they come. They're off and pacing. Kuka Laka from the center of the racetrack fires out quickly for the lead. Graybeard showing in second in the middle of the racetrack. Nina's revenge toward the inside pacing way in third. Better be boy is getting away in the fourth position as Dash Point Hinover drives up on the outside from fifth around the first turn. Rocket Jimmy. Gets away six toward the inside. And then we come back to the trailers in the field. As they round the turn, Buddy's open. Cooper's Beach as they race toward the opening quarter. And the battle is up front here. Up front showing the way. It's Kukalaka dropping into the pocket is Greybeard. Greybeard is going to drop into the pocket behind Kukalaka, who set a quick opening tempo of 27 and 4. 
Greybeard back there in second out. Native Revenge racing third. Up on the outside, Dashpoint Hanover caught out first over. Advancing from fourth, now third on the outside. Better be boy locked and shuffled to the inside in fifth position now. With a cover advancing, six on the outside. Rockin' Jimmy is underway. Also getting underway is Cooper's Beach. And the trailer is Buddy's Hope. They're at the half-mile pole in 57. 29 at 1 in the second quarter. On to the backside they go. And Kukalaka is marching strong on the front end with Greybeard second. And Dashpoint Hanover to the outside is dropping back in third position now. Toward the inside, Native Revenge takes up the chase in fourth. Advancing on the outside, Rockin' Jimmy coming first over from fifth, now fourth. Now third on the outside. And also getting underway is Cooper's Beach. They're at three quarters. And Kukalaka is still there in one, 24 and three. Third quarter, 27 and three. It's Kukalaka the one to catch. Rockin' Jimmy closing with every stride now. Right there to the inside is Greybeard. Tipping the outside, Native Revenge is coming off as they turn for the wire and still some pace from dash point hit over they're coming for home it's kukalaka full out to hold on gray beard down the inside coming to the wire kukalaka and gray beard kukalaka hangs on to win it gray beard was second a big mile from dash point hit over third then it was cooper's beach one fifty three and four so the favorite at 7-5, Kukalaka gets the job done. Trainer driver Steve Wiseman in the sulky. A six-year-old by Dragon again, owned by Ron and Tammy Wells, Placerville, California, and Kathy Plested of Canada. Again, Steve Wiseman, the winning trainer and driver on six. Kukalaka, the winner of the eighth race on Sunday, August 14th. 7-5, finishing second was Gray Beard, charging up the inside, almost got there, finished second by a neck, 21-1. to Third number eight, Dash Point Hanover at fifteen to one, and fourth was number nine, Cooper's Beach at seven to one, with number one, Better Me Boy, finishing fifth at seven to two odds. The two dollar exact is six and four, paid seventy nine sixty. Two dollar trifecta is six four and eight, seven hundred twenty three dollars and twenty cents. And number six, Kukalaka, with the victory, paid five dollars and forty cents to win. It was the seventh win of the year for number six, Kukalaka, in race eight once again on Sunday night. Here are the highlights from the past week of racing action at Running Aces on Saturday, August 13th. In the $11,000 Open Handicap Trot, track record holder Banker Volo and trainer driver Nick Rowland were back in action, and they were hung every step of the mile on Saturday night, but still kicked home to the wire first in 156-3, beating out Big Expense and Flame On in a thrilling stretch battle. It was the eighth win in 10 starts this year for Banker Volo and pushed his lifetime career winnings to $270,043. Also on Saturday night in the nightcap event, $4,000 condition trot, amped up Hanover with driver Dean McGee and Cantoria and driver Steve Wiseman, another thrilling battle to the wire and amped up Hanover just getting up over Cantoria at the line in 157-3. On Sunday, August 14th, dry ice and trainer driver Steve Wiseman took the $12,000 featured open handicap pace for horses and geldings in a sizzling performance in 151-4, a new lifetime mark for dry ice over Heads Up Yankee and Officer and a Gentleman. Also on Sunday, the big rivalry between Dakota Jack and Fire Drake was on once again as Dakota Jack with Steve Wiseman on the bike just out kicked Fire Drake and Nick Rowland to the wire by a half a length in 155-2 in another thrilling battle. 
Steve Wiseman had a big night on Sunday with four wins on the card. On Tuesday, August 16th, what it do baby boo and driver Rick McGee took the $10,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old Philly Pace Fourth win in a row for What It Do Baby Boo. Five wins in the last six starts. The mile time 202 on the sloppy track. Rick McGee had a huge night on Tuesday with five wins on the program. On Wednesday, August 17th, $15,000 two-year-old Minnesota Sire trotting event went postward and liquors quicker once again with Rick McGee and the Sulky took a new lifetime mark of 204 and 2 in the event, upsetting slightly here at 7-1, defeating the heavy favorite Silent Dreams to Philly by a head. Also on Wednesday, the $11,000 Phillies and Mares Open Handicap Trot would see another upset winner, Flashy Lady, with trainer driver Tim Mayer for owner Denise Mayer, picked up her 37th lifetime win, taking the Open Handicap for Phillies and Mares trotting event on Wednesday in 159-4. Off of soft opening fraction, she trotted the final half in 57 seconds flat. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. We're back to wrap this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike uh, up here, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Special thanks to all of our guests, Paula Wellwood, trainer of Marion Marauder, Hanover Shoe Farms, very own Murray Brown, and, of course, uh, the one, the only driver, Vic Kirby, who uh, was very gracious to take uh, time out of his vacation in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, to uh, visit us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Plus, thanks to Darren Gagne, exciting race call uh, from this past weekend over at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack, and we'll be hearing from Darren and the uh, Running Aces uh, preview and review segment next week coming up on Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's been a blast, Carter. I am Mike Bozich. We'll see you next Thursday night with a first post of 7 p.m. Eastern on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Good night, everybody.